Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 9.21 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It is the 16th day of January 2024. This is episode 841 of Bitcoin and how you doing? How was your uh, MLK three day weekend? Was it cold for you? Because it was cold for me. Holy crapola, man. I mean, I haven't seen negative temperatures since uh, I was in the mountains in Colorado. Uh, you know, and I expect neg- negative temperatures at, you know, in December and January at 8,000 feet. I mean, that's just sort of a given. But I do not expect it uh, just a few hundred feet above sea level where we are in eastern Washington. And it seems that I'm not the only one experiencing the cold. What's odd is that I was looking at natural gas prices today, uh, the spot uh, price for natural gas on commodities market in CNBC, and noticed that their pro- those prices are probably a better predictor of warmer or colder weather coming than the actual weather channel. We'll talk about that when we hit uh, to when we get over to the commodities uh, stuff in the middle of the show. But first, I want to introduce you to the Circle P. That's my community service. That's where where I put plebs that have goods and services for sale to you. Hopefully something that you're interested in actually purchasing so that we can do our part to kickstart a Bitcoin circular economy. And uh, came across a guy yesterday that is brand new to Noster. At least that's what it seems like to me since he's only got seven notes. And that would be Foxfire Mushrooms. He doesn't know that he's going into the Circle P. <laughs> I'm going to ask forgiveness and not permission from now on in my life because we all are each other's marketing department. And we this is the only way that we can break out of where we've been, what we've grown up in, is we're gonna have to market each other to everybody else. And that's the that's the only that's one of the only ways that we can break this entire model. So I'm bringing you Foxfire mushrooms. What does Foxfire mushrooms do? Well, they produce and market like stuff like mushroom spawn. And um for the guys over in zap.stream, I'm gonna scroll through his uh his seven uh notes that he's put up on Noster. And he starts with this one yesterday. It says, Hello everybody, my name is Scott. Foxfire Mushrooms is my gourmet mushroom and mycological supply company in Longmont, Colorado. I am looking to network with other small business owners and bitcoiners. Yeah, well, you just you just got me on the line, brother. <laughs> you just you just got me on the line. Uh you are now in the uh, circle P. I don't know if he's going to know that or not, but you know, it is what it is. Um he is in a transition state. Scott is from Foxfire Mushrooms. He's been selling his goods and products and services and whatnot like that on Etsy 
and he is going to try to get all that moved over to his new website, which is in the process of being built. I'll show you that here in a second. But, you know, he's got some videos of him at what's what's known as a HEPA laminar airflow hood uh, doing some, you know, mycological work. And if you get contamination in your mycological work, you know, your product is, you're just selling people trash. And from get, from looking at what I'm seeing on his, on his Noster uh, notes, this is a man who seems to know what he's doing, seems to have a really good lab and workspace set up. I'm really impressed because this type of thing takes not only the knowledge to be able to execute and execute well, you've got to put, there's lots of time that goes into this. And it's not just that, the capital expenditure of buying bags, sterile equipment, all that kind of stuff, that's, that is not cheap. Okay. It is not, it is not cheap. Plus somewhere around here, this guy is an, an industrial sized autoclave. I'm sure that's running probably 24 seven. That shit ain't cheap either, but you have to have that one. But if you look at this particular picture, you can see just how much uh, substrate that he's delivering to people that want to start their own mushrooms by inoculating them with, you know, well, the inoculum that he also provides. So he'll provide you sterile, he'll provide you sterile substrate to grow mushrooms in. They're already in bags. Uh, all you got to do is grab one of his syringes filled with liquid inoculum and you can grow, I think it's lion's mane and a few other things. But he's in the process of transitioning all his products from his Etsy shop to his website. And he is accepting Bitcoin payments, but only after the transition. So understand his website is just now under construction, but it is foxfiremushrooms.com. That's foxfiremushrooms.com, foxfiremushrooms.com. Foxfire mushrooms is all one word in that, by the way. And you can see his, um, well, the, only the people in the uh, live streams, which I am streaming to YouTube. I'm also streaming to Twitch as well as, of course, zap.stream, which is providing restream to both those other platforms. But as you can tell, it he still you know has some uh, lorem ipsum type script in his website because he's building it out. So just understand that this is a work in product or a work in progress. But I wish him all the best, and I hope I can get him some sales out of the Bitcoin and Circle P. So let's get rid of that one, and we will get into uh, the this uh, note from Guy Swan. If you did not see it. A couple of days ago, uh, Guy Swan has suffered a basement flood. Uh, What I've been trying to do is trying to get people to zap the living shit out of him so that he can at least pay the insurance deductible because I'm sure he's carrying household insurance, but he's going to have to cough up quite a bit of cash for the deductible on this. I, I don't know what his deductible is. I make assumptions because after being a homeowner for a few years, I understood just how painful something like this can be. But he lost quite a bit of books and memorabilia due to the flood. A lot of stuff got ruined. And he says this in his note, if you didn't know, six months after we thought we solved the problem, the basement is flooded again after just a single typical rain. So much of my stuff is ruined. Boxes of electronics and other stuff I had to put up in the studio when it was done. An entire box of Bitcoin books, including the signed Fiat standard from Safedine 
and his signed uh, VJ bullish case of Bitcoin and the seventh property from Yanks. It's all dead. The motherboard he fought with for months to get repaired. Well, it's soaked. This is a fucking shit show. My whole show setup is down here. Don't even know what to do, honestly. Well, one of the things that Guy can do is understand that the weather cannot take away his success. He's a successful podcaster. He's built a an astounding business with just on, just on his voice alone. And I have nothing but admiration for him. Therefore, I'm putting the word out in the street to you guys. If you can, you know, zap uh, Guy a little bit, maybe we can get him to a point where the deductible doesn't hurt so much. So far, this one note has garnered 751,000 Satoshis, which ain't bad, but I don't think that's going to cover the deductible. But if you didn't know, uh, we, if we can help our brother Guy Swan out, I would appreciate it. Now on to the news. Going down south to Argentina, where the Argentine president is going to allow provinces to circulate their own currencies. This this is probably going to be a shit show. But David Attlee tells us more from Cointelegraph. Argentine President Javier Millet promised not to oppose provinces' attempt to launch their own currencies after a public exchange between Malay and the governor of La Rioja province, Ricardo Quintela. On January the 14th, during an interview with Radio Mitre, Millet confirmed he would not legally oppose the creation of local currencies by provincial authorities in Argentina. The president believes that the market will ultimately decide on the value of the projects, but he warned that quasi-currencies will spur up inflation, and those accepting them will end up getting scammed. Quote, those who receive payments in quasi-currencies from irresponsible governors will clearly see a loss of their income. What is not taken from them through budgetary adjustment will be taken from them via inflation in the quasi-currency, end quote. Uh, wow. That's going gonna, gonna to be a shit show, I guarantee it. Quintela, the governor of La Rioja, intends to separate, create a separate currency for the province. After Malay devalued the Argentine peso by 50% after taking office on December the 10th, to tame soaring inflation in the country, which has been at its highest level in 32 years. And those 32 years have sucked, by the way. The new president also cut the funds allocated from the federal budget to provinces, calling such measures the abandonment of the nation and citing the necessity of paying salaries to policemen. Kintella requested La Rioja's legislature to prepare the legal base for minting the local currency. In December of 2023, the governor of Buenos Aires province, Axel Kikilov or something, also publicly contemplated the issue of their own local currency. <clears throat> Meanwhile, in Rosario, Argentines or Argentina's third most populated city, a local landlord and tenant sealed an agreement for the rent to be paid in Bitcoin. The contract is the first of its kind in Argentina made possible by recent law amendments by the new presidential administration. Okay, so what's going on is that the president is going to allow different provinces to spin up their own shitcoin. Not, and I don't mean blockchain-based shitcoins like Litecoin or stuff like that. I just mean at this point, everything is a shitcoin. 
oil is a shit coin, gold is a shit coin, everything's a shit coin. It's just, wow. I'm very surprised that this guy is going to let this shit occur. But if he didn't, eh, you know he would be attacked in the media like a, uh, he'd just be a pariah. So he's got to let this thing roll out. And what's going to happen? Malay is not wrong. Thousands of people are going to get scammed out of their money. And you know what's going to be blamed? That's right. Bitcoin is going to be blamed. Even though it's going to have nothing at all to do with Bitcoin at all. It's going somehow the IMF and the World Economic Foundation is going to find a way to pin the blame squarely on Bitcoin. So you'll have to be prepared for for that news to come out. But I'm just, I, I think his hands are tied because what he said in the past is that the free market needs to reign. Okay, that includes a free market for currencies. <clears throat> so he's going to have to let this roll out. And as he lets it roll out, thousands of Argentinians are going to get scammed out of their money. I, I am not looking forward to seeing what actually happens with this, but you know it's going to happen. It's, you know people are going to get scammed. And I, I'll bet you that already, I'll bet you already, there is people, there are people that have never set foot on Argentine soil that is already preparing to go down there. And they have a shit ton of experience with actual blockchain-based shit coins and figured out how to scam everybody out of their Bitcoin, they're going to do it down here. They're going to go. They are going to go, and they're going to enter into Argentina, and they're going to spin up whatever it is they're going to spin up, and they're going to scam and scam and scam and scam, and it's going to look awful, because it is going to be awful. So just, this is one of the things that happens with the free market. If you let the free market roll, bad things will happen always just because you have a true free market does not mean everything is fixed. In other words, a free market does not fix this. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have them. I'm just saying that for the people that go, all we need is a free market and everything will be fixed. That is not true. A great many things will be corrected, but not everything will be fixed there will be people that will lose their money. And I just, I, I hate to see it, but it's going to happen. Now, JP Morgan is seeing significant capital from existing crypto products pouring into the new spot Bitcoin ETFs. If you've been wondering what the hell is going on with the Bitcoin price lately, because we all look at the price, I I don't care if you tell me, oh, I don't care about the price. I'm in it for the tech. Oh, yeah, you. but you look at the price. At one point or another during the day, you're going to end up knowing what the price of Bitcoin is. There are, I could probably count a handful of people that actually don't know the price at for like a full week because they're in a cabin with no internet, right? No phone, no nothing. But for those of us that admit it, that we do look at the price, and I do, there's some really weird behavior that's entered into the Bitcoin market. Now, a couple of days ago, I put up a a screenshot of my trading view for the hourly chart of Bitcoin. 
And what it showed me was that there was something that I've never seen before. And that's this up and down wave of price fluctuation that looks very much like a sine wave. Now that particular pattern has been broken as of yesterday and on into this morning, but it was there and I've never seen a sine wave pattern. And that is just, it goes up and it goes down and it goes up and it goes down and it's relatively predictable in its frequency, which does, which I am not saying trade this shit. In fact, I'll get to that in a second, but something different happened. I've never seen that look before. And I think pretty sure not think I'm, I'm pretty sure that this has been caused by the launch of the spot Bitcoin ETFs. We've changed the behavior of the game. Now, before I read this article, I want, and before I forget the other point, this is, you are in what's called a no trading zone. Now, I've always told you don't trade this shit. You will get wrecked. There are people that are way better at it than you are. And in, in comparison, you suck. I don't even have to know you. I don't have to meet you. I don't have to see your setup. I'm just telling you right now, the presumption is that you suck at trading Bitcoin. So don't do it. And if you listen to my advice, then you're good. But if you haven't listened to my advice, then right now I can only say that I'm begging you. This is of all the no trade zones that there ever was. Do not trade Bitcoin at this time. Please don't. It's we've injected a completely different monster into what we've always known. And it's changing the behavior of trading in Bitcoin. If it was dangerous before, it is absolutely lethal right now. Please don't do it. Let's find out more. Will Canny, Coindesk. It's unclear just how much fresh capital the new spot Bitcoin exchange traded funds will attract, but significant funds from other crypto products are expected to pour in, JP Morgan said in a Thursday research report. The market reaction to the United States Securities and Exchange Commission's reluctant approval of a spot Bitcoin ETF has been relatively muted, with the focus now shifting of how much capital these new ETFs will pull in. Quote, we are skeptical of the optimism shared by many market participants at the moment that a lot of fresh capital will enter the crypto space as a result of the spot Bitcoin ETF approval. Analyst led by Nikolos, and there's no way I can pronounce his last name, wrote. Still, the bank does see a significant rotation from existing crypto products into the newly created ETF. So even if no new capital enters the cryptocurrency market, the new ETFs could still attract inflows of up to $36 billion. The bank says about $3 billion could exit the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust and migrate to the new spot ETFs as a result of investors taking profit after buying discounted GBTC shares in the secondary market last year. It also sees up to $20 billion from retail investors migrating from digital wallets held at crypto exchanges to the new ETFs. Grayscale's high fees could also trigger outflows, and unless it lowers its rates towards the level set by BlackRock and other providers, a lot more capital, perhaps an additional 5 to $10 billion, could exit GBTC relatively quickly to migrate towards cheaper spot Bitcoin ETFs, the bank added. 
Institutional investors that hold their crypto and funds format could shift from futures-based ETFs and GBTC to cheaper spot ETFs, especially if GBTC is slow to cut its fees, the report added. All right. This is indeed happening. Canada futures Bitcoin ETFs saw an outflow of about $45 million since the launch of the spot Bitcoin ETF. Where did it go? It went to the United States. It went to the spot Bitcoin ETFs. So there was selling pressure in the Canadian market to the tune of $45 million. And it's probably still ongoing this morning. I haven't checked. And it flowed directly into the American products that were launched last Wednesday. Okay. That's not all though. Germany and Sweden, their ET Bitcoin future, actually some of their spot, their spot products. Okay. Cause they actually had, we're, we're, we are late to the game. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States is when it comes to a spot Bitcoin ETF, even Brazil had a spot bit has a spot Bitcoin ETF. And there's like four or five of them in Europe. And the game financially has always been in the United States. So when the United States launched these Bitcoin ETFs, other spot Bitcoin ETFs are seeing outflows as well. Germany saw a loss of 25 million. I think it's Sweden or Switzerland. I can't remember which one saw an outflow of like 25 point or uh, 25, $17.5 million dollars. Out of, out of their spot Bitcoin ETF products into the brand new United States-based ETF products. So this is one of the reasons why you shouldn't trade ever at all. You should just buy Bitcoin and hold it. But if for whatever reason you're just degenerate that way, that's why this shit's a no-trade zone. Because every single time that these people liquidate out of these investment products, It's flashing a signal to the open market saying, sell, sell, sell. And that drives Bitcoin price down, even though they're buying it back on the other side in the United States. And what we're seeing, what I'm seeing is a, is a, a response. You would think that it would equal out. Not, not really. It's not doing that. You would think that if you sell it on this side and buy it on that side, well, it's, it's going to equal out. You know, the price isn't really going to shift that much. But that's not, in fact, what's going on here. The, just looking at the numbers, we're seeing more sell pressure being, uh, how to, being respected by the price of Bitcoin than the buying pressure. You do not want to have anything to do with trading Bitcoin in the next, I mean, honestly, you don't ever want to do it. But if you're going to degen, you're going to need to wait at least until the second quarter of this year before we have any idea at all about how the United States-based spot Bitcoin ETFs have changed the trading game because it has changed the trading game. Don't trade. Please, for the love of God and all that is holy, don't trade this. Now, let's move on. Bitcoin's remarkable growth and CBDCs threaten the United States dollar, according to Morgan Stanley. Uh-huh. And that's Tom Mitchell Hill from Cointelegraph. A paradigm shift in the perception and use of digital assets such as Bitcoin and central bank digital currencies could threaten 
The dominance of the United States dollar as a global currency warns Wall Street investment bank Morgan Stanley. While the United States dollar makes up roughly 60% of global foreign exchange reserves, a paradigm shift in the global perception and use of the digital assets could challenge the dollar's leadership, wrote Morgan Stanley's head of digital assets, Andrew Peel, in a January 12th investment note. Peel said the shift has now been significantly accelerated by the United States Securities and Exchange approval of spot Bitcoin exchange-traded funds in the United States with weekly inflows into the new products topping $1.18 billion. That's a billion with a B. Additionally, Peel looked at Bitcoin's remarkable global adoption over the past 15 years as evidence for its continual growth. Yeah, we could have told you that. Noting that 106 million people around the world currently hold the cryptocurrency and added that there are now Bitcoin ATMs in more than 80 different countries. Meanwhile, other countries' CBDCs could also impact the dollar's dominance, which would enable speedy cross-border payments without the need for a common currency. Quote, CBDCs hold the potential to establish a unified standard for cross-border payments, which could diminish the reliance on traditional intermediaries like SWIFT and the use of dominant currencies such as the dollar, end quote. According to data from the Atlantic Council CBDC tracker, 130 countries, representing over 98% of global gross domestic product, are exploring or developing CBDCs, marking an outsized increase from just a few years ago. Quote, furthermore, CBDCs can enable significant innovation in financial services, such as the use of smart contracts for automating payments, making the concept of programmable money a practical reality, Peel said, pausing to say we already have that in Bitcoin. It's been around for 15 years. Please stop. Continuing on, while Bitcoin and CBDCs could impact U.S. dollar dominance, Peel noted that stablecoins could provide a more Helpful addition to global finance, describing the largely fiat-pegged stablecoins as crypto's killer app. <laughs> Quote, With their increasing importance, dollar-backed stablecoins are set to have a profound impact on the financial sector, potentially reshaping how money is moved across borders. All right, so we've got Andrew Peel out of Morgan Stanley basically warning the United States government that the United States dollar is in danger. It's in danger. And that's Morgan Stanley. This isn't Bob's Backyard Bank. No, this is one of the oldest United States financial institutions. One of the most respected ones, too, even though you may not respect them, and I, I kind of don't either. But, you know, for the normies out there, it's Morgan Stanley. Oh, my God. They're, they're laying on the horn. They're saying, dudes, what they're really saying is that You better get your regulatory shit together. And that means that the United States government is going to half-assed figure out a way to regulate something and it's going to be painful for us. I mean, as Bitcoiners, that's what's going to happen. It's going to be heavy-handed. Whatever administration puts these regulations out, they're going to do it wrong and they're going to have language that is so open-ended that it could be anything we are squarely in the then they fight you phase and it will last for quite a while 
I don't think that that actually stops Bitcoin at all. And well, actually, I know that it won't stop it at all. But if you're if you are concerned about the purchasing power of Bitcoin, that could stall it. These Bitcoin spot ETFs are stalling the purchasing power of Bitcoin right now. This is just going to continue. It's going to be one of those. See, I don't know what's going to happen with the halving. Usually we have this massive bull run. It kind of right during or sometimes it starts right after the actual happening itself. And then all of a sudden things just go awry. But like I said earlier, we've injected something new into the ecosystem. And it's going to take a while for the system to digest it and find out if it's straight up poison or actual nutrition. Because I cannot answer. I, I do not know. I am trying to be neutral here as far as, you know, I have always said that Bitcoin doesn't need an ETF, but the ETFs need Bitcoin. And since anybody can buy it, well, you were going to get a Bitcoin ETF. I don't know if it's straight up poison, but I also don't know if it's straight up like a nutrient load for a plant. If you're looking at it like that, we will have to wait and see. And that's what I'm not looking forward to. I hate it, but I don't want to poke Bitcoin with a stick and say, hey, do something. Because generally speaking, when people do that, bad things happen. Now, um, where are we at here? Let's see. Do we, yeah, let's go ahead and do this one. Bitcoin Magazine, Tim Niermeyer, Energy and Bitcoin, an integrated analogy. Have you ever looked at the stars and noticed how everything in the universe seems connected? Famous inventor and engineer Nikola Tesla thought that this connection was all about energy, how often things vibrate and the way they move. I believe that as well. Our perceptions of every aspect of life can be perceived as a transfer of energy, a simple equation. Let's take a moment to view the seemingly random interactions in the world as their own version of the energy transaction. The following analogies are different ways to help us think about energy, especially how we use it and share it while also respecting nature's wisdom. Then, of course, we'll circle back to how all this relates to the understanding of how Bitcoin fits into, dare I say, fixes this. Focusing on the internal, energy flows in numerous ways. To have the requisite energy to win the day, I must feed my body a necessary amount of nutrients. Calories are literally a unit of energy in food. I've learned a lot recently about the benefits of eating quality proteins like steak and eggs, as well as the negatives of processed foods like seed oils, etc. The quality of this energy informs the quality of my thoughts and words because we are what we eat, which directly affects my level of inflammation as well as my emotional state. If I don't charge my battery through quality sleep, I won't have enough energy to get through the day. My grandfather always said early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. It's not hard to see all of those positive attributes as a result of maintaining the storage of energy. In my personal interactions throughout the day, I've come to the point in my life where I can visualize each connection as a transfer of energy. I see my morning embrace with my wife and kids as a synergistic energy builder. We each walk away more emotionally charged because of it. As I teach throughout the day, I need to keep my energy up in order to be the catalyst, energizing my students' neural networks through the transmission of knowledge and learning. 
Listening to music that resonates within me over my lunch break helps get me all pumped up. Commiserating with my coworkers sends ripples of energy, building bridges of understanding and empathy, which help us power through the day. Of course, I need my dopamine fix from social media while walking the halls. These tiny sparks of energy from plebs miles away connect us with simultaneously amplifying their message. It could be said that improving our social lives is an attempt to integrate the flow of energy. Thinking more globally, we've learned to harness natural forces and resources that have channeled that energy to improve our living standards. From fire to water to sunlight to oil, we've understood the rhythmic patterns of seasons. While respecting nature's balance, we can see the continuous and harmonious exchange of life-giving forces within our world. We've been able to conceptualize a method, admittedly flawed, of transmitting abstract value in the current traditional form of money. The economy has the potential to be buzzing with activity while sparking growth and innovation in a dynamic cycle of financial exchange. Even governments redirect energy in the form of taxes and imposed morals, shaping our world in profound ways. In politics and power, every decision and policy is like a switch that redirects societal energy, influencing public opinion and behavior, a veritable tug of war over public perception. In this light, society's goals is to iterate towards fairness of sharing energy. But if those analogies are valid, then how does Bitcoin fit into the concept of energy? Consider the following. Bitcoin integrates the flow of energy, maintains the storage of energy, and promotes the fairness of sharing energy. Imagine a river flowing smoothly, finding the easiest path downhill. Bitcoin, with its decentralized nature, acts like this river, finding the most efficient ways to transfer value and energy across the globe, bypassing traditional financial dams and obstacles. But here's the interesting part. The energy used in the mining process is not wasted. In fact, it is harnessed and put to good use. Miners often set up their operations in areas with abundant and cheap energy sources, such as hydroelectric power plants or capturing flare gas emissions. This means that the energy used to mine Bitcoin is clean and sustainable, reducing the carbon footprint associated with traditional mining operations. And just like a battery stores energy, Bitcoin's limited supply and digital nature makes it a reservoir of storing economic energy. Its value derived from the energy expended in mining and the trust of its users allow it to hold energy over time, releasing or absorbing it as the market demands. And this means that individuals and businesses can use Bitcoin as a way to store their excess energy. For example, a power company can convert excess energy into Bitcoin and store them for later use effectively turning their excess energy into a valuable asset. In a world where financial systems often favor the powerful, Bitcoin emerges as a beacon of fairness. Its transparent and immutable ledger ensures that every transaction is recorded and open for verification, promoting a just and fair exchange of energy. In traditional energy systems, there is often a centralized authority that controls the distribution of energy. This can lead to inefficiencies and inequalities in the system. However, with Bitcoin, the decentralized nature of the network ensures that energy can be shared more fairly. Individuals can directly transact their economic energy with each other using Bitcoin, bypassing the need for intermediaries and reducing transactional costs. Bitcoin doesn't recognize borders, cultures, or biases. It unites the world under a single, universal protocol for energy exchange, allowing individuals from all corners of the globe to participate in a shared economic system. 
as we harness more renewable energy sources and improve our technological capabilities, Bitcoin stands ready to integrate those advances, evolving continuously to channel global energy flows more efficiently. From the sun's rays permeating our world to the electricity lighting our homes to the feeling of a warm embrace, the world can be perceived as one elaborate transfer of energy. If this is the case, shouldn't we be embracing a technology that harnesses, democratizes, and respects the flow of energy? As we embrace the future, let's recognize the role of Bitcoin is shaping a world where energy flows freely, stored securely, and shared justly, empowering us all in this ongoing odyssey of energy transformation. Uh, I'm going to try to have more to say about this at the end of the show, uh, but right now we do need to run the numbers. CNBC Futures and Commodities got oil down almost a full point. $72.03 a barrel. Brent North Sea is down a third of a point to $77.90. Natural gas, as I told you about, took a massive hit. 11, actually almost 12 full percentage points in the red, all the way back from from $3.40 a thousand cubic feet to $2.92 a thousand cubic feet. And that was because... The people that are trading natural gas are probably better at collating weather data than the weather stations themselves. I'm just saying, because that's exactly why natural gas fell on its ass, because they're expecting warmer weather. Gasoline fell scant. It's still at $2.12 a gallon. Gold is down over a point. Silver is down much more. Uh, Platinum is unchanged. Copper is the only one in the green. It's up uh, three quarters of a point. Palladium is down, wow, four and a half. Uh, Agriculture is fully mixed. Biggest winner is sugar, 3.84% to the upside. Biggest loser is wheat, two and a half to the downside. Got live cattle up a point. Lean hogs are down two and a third. Feeder cattle are up a half a point. The Dow is down three quarters of a point. S&P is down likewise half a point. NASDAQ is down a third of a point. And the S&P mini is down almost a full point. All the bond yields went up on treasury bonds. From the one month to the 30-year bond, they're all up. 10-year is yielding over 4%. 4 4.08%. The 20-year is yielding the most, 4.43%. The 30-year is yielding 4.31%. So we're seeing some pretty decent spikes in the yield of all the treasuries, which means that their face value is falling. And any of the banks out there that are hanging on by the skin of their teeth, and many of them are, they could start they could start folding because they're holding treasuries on their balance sheets. As the yield rises, their face value falls. So do the math. It's not very fun. But the dollar index is increasing. We are now at 103.41. So we're well out of the trough that we built ourselves all the way down to 101. That is the ICE US dollar index. Uh, Bitcoin, $43,157 flat. Uh, we've got an average transaction value of 0.4 BTC, a median transaction value of 30 bucks, which means ordinals are back in play. Uh, block times are slightly high, 10 minutes, 13 seconds. 
0.87 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis. And whoop de doo 124 taken overall in fees in the last 24 hours. Uh, with a 0.27% decrease in hash rate, we are at 460.39 exahashes per second. And Dogecoin, which represents the shitcoin field, is at 8.1 United States pennies. Yes, the altcoin season may actually be upon us. Again, stay away, buy Bitcoin, hold Bitcoin. Market capitalization of Bitcoin is $844 billion. You can get 21.2 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,600,105 and a half of 4,827 of those are in the Lightning Network valued at $207.9 million, 14,637 Lightning nodes that we can see. 59,427 lightning payment channels and 80.3% of all that's being run over Tor. Mempools, yeah, they're stacked and packed. 520 blocks carrying what? How many carrying? Oh, 282,000 unconfirmed transactions waiting to clear mempools at high priority rates of 163 Satoshis per V-byte. Low priority is going to get you in 108 Satoshis per V-byte. That's about six and a half bucks. Anything under 24.2, yeah, you're getting purged for mempools around the world. Now, uh, looks like hash rate according to mempool.space is 528 exahashes per second. We'll call it good at 515 exahashes per second. Now, uh, boostograms from... Episode 840, named Insec. That was my last show for Bitcoin and God's Death, 1370. My bad. I forgot to boost last episode. Belated boop post. Thank you. I appreciate that. God's Death with 1370 says, thank you, sir. No, thank you. Nick underscore dose with 1369 says, cheers. Pies with a thousand says, thank you, sir. No, thank you. And James420 with 420 sats says, David, you are a fucking legend. (laughs) <laughs> That's very nice to say. So, so many 420 references I've missed. I loved it. But, well, even episode 840 is double 420. Cannabis goes hand in hand with Bitcoin in that it has so many use cases and governments have tried suppressing it, but it's alive and there is no stopping the people from getting it. Thank you, sir. No, thank you. BitGus with 200 says boost. Chaos underscore chicken with 100. No note. Noster Gang with 100 sat says you have this gal's support. I appreciate that. And that is going to do it for the weather report. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use. Stripe is deplatforming users for selling Bitcoin hardware. Before I get into this one from nobsbitcoin.com, It's Stripe with a P, not Strike. This has nothing to do with Strike, okay? It's not Jack Maller's outfit. This is the payment processor Stripe, which is what's used by several online platforms, including, well, you'll hear about it here, Bitcoin consulting service and hardware store bitsaga.be has been deplatformed by payment processor Stripe for offering Bitcoin mining equipment on its site. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Telling you, man. Then they fight you. Quote, Stripe is blackmailing me to stop selling Bitcoin mining hardware, wrote Rob of Bitsaga.com. 
bit uh, BE on Twitter. He also squared a, shared a screenshot of his correspondence with the company. And here it, here it goes. Stripe, this is from Stripe Support. And the Stripe Support guy is talking to Rob. And he says, hi, Rob. Thanks for waiting while we looked into this. Looking at your website, it appears you're selling mining hardware. Could you confirm if this is something you'd be willing to remove from your website? At present, mining hardware is against our terms of service and so is unsupportable. And then BitSaga writes back, or our guy from Rob, or our guy Rob from BitSaga says, no. BitSaga will keep selling Bitcoining, Bitcoin mining hardware. Bitcoin mining hardware is freedom technology to secure the only open, fair, and fixed supply monetary system in the world. If Stripe deplatforms BitSaga for selling Bitcoin mining hardware, I consider this discriminatory censorship and against my terms of adoption. You are on the wrong side of history. Bitcoin doesn't need you. You need Bitcoin. Stripe support writes back, Hey Rob, thanks for your patience with us. After further review, the decision here will unfortunately remain the same. We're sorry we can't provide further details, but we appreciate your understanding and wish you the best of luck with your business moving forward. <clears throat> now, according to Stripe's terms of service, selling Bitcoin mining equipment is definitely in indeed on its prohibited and restricted business list. Quote, we understand that your business may be legal, but for now... Due to various reasons, including requirements that apply to Stripe as a payment processor, requirements from our financial partners, and the potential risk exposure to Stripe, we're currently not able to work with certain industries. Quote, Belgian customers can't pay with ban contract anymore. Belgium's must use, uh, use payment gateway. Also, the Woo payments ban contract gateway is rejected. Coincidence? We'll contract and follow up said BitSaga's founder. It's a blown sentence right there. I'm not sure exactly what they're, I'm not sure what ban, ban contact is anymore and what its relationship with Stripe is. So I'm not going to pretend to know. I do run a BTC pay server, of course, but for adopting pre-coiners, I still need some fiat gateway. It needs to be there for now, he added. And then uh, Plan Marcus says something. There's a, a tweet here that says, this is a tactic I remember Dutch banks are utilizing as well. If you have any reference to Bitcoin or crypto-related business on your site, your bank might call you and cancel your accounts. Very problematic. Okay, so I think I, I see what's going on. This guy's in Belgium. Stripe has to work under the Belgian authorities to operate as a payment processor in that country. And if the financial regulatory authorities of Belgium call Stripe and tell them you can't allow Bitcoin mining equipment, then Stripe is going to say, yes, sir. And I I just, I don't know. We're just in the then they fight you phase. And there's going to be ebbs and flows in all this. Maybe, you know, next week we'll see Belgium just say, you know what, screw it. Let's go for it. Nobody knows what the hell's going to happen. So again, it is a huge wait and see thing. Here is another one from nobsbitcoin.com. Google and Apple have pulled Binance, Kraken, and other exchanges from the app stores in India. Uh-huh. Google and Apple pulled many cryptocurrency exchanges, including Binance, 
Binance and Kraken from their app stores in India last week, less than two weeks after the after most of these global firms were flagged for operating illegally in the country. So India's back at it, shooting themselves in the foot. Google and Apple pulled many cryptocurrency exchanges, including Binance and Kraken, from their app stores in India. Uh, financial Intelligence Unit, an Indian government agency that scrutinizes financial transactions late last month, issued show cause notices to nine crypto firms and alleged that they weren't compliant with India's anti-money laundering rules, reported TechCrunch. Quote, various telecom networks and internet service providers began blocking the URLs of the crypto exchange website Thursday evening. Amid India's burdensome 30% capital gains tax and 1% transaction levy imposed on in 2022, numerous domestic cryptocurrency traders have migrated to global platforms with less stringent know-your-customer protocols. This regulatory arbitrage, coupled with a broader crypto winter, caused a 97% two-year decline in trading activity on Wersix, a popular Indian exchange. Wow, 97% decline. Man, god dang. Quote, the Reserve Bank of India implemented a ban on cryptocurrencies in the country about five years ago. I remember that. While this ban was eventually struck down by India's Supreme Court, the central bank has persisted in advocating for outlawing crypto since then, and its top officials have likened the virtual digital assets to a Ponzi scheme. That's the thing that people forget about India all the time. They flip-flop all the time. And about five years ago, man, the flip-flopping between is Bitcoin legal, are exchanges legal, is all this stuff illegal? You couldn't keep up. It was almost like every week, You'd hear something out of India where one government agency would completely contradict another government agency. Like like here, the government said, okay, well, we're not going to ban cryptocurrency. But then the central bank said, no, we're banning cryptocurrency. We're not going to let anybody use it. So the central bank is completely countermanding whatever the hell the Indian government said. That stuff was going left and right about five, six years ago. Actually, About seven years ago, it was even worse. So India is always fun to watch because they seem to never really know what they're going to do. But again, the then they fight you phase. Now, the rugging. This is from the Noster Report. And that is the Noster Report on Twitter. I mean, not, well, I'm sure they are on Twitter. On Noster. Um, If you're not following the Noster Report, I kind of don't know what to tell you. It is a huge, huge repository of good curated ongoings of what's going on in Bitcoin, open source software, stuff that's going on on Nostra itself. But they've got an announcement. So here it is. The daily report is getting rugged. That's the TLDR. We can't believe the Nostra report is approaching the one year anniversary next week. We want to take a moment to reflect and to make you aware of some coming changes. This year has flown by in a whirlwind of protocol and app development, unexpected hurdles, multiple conferences and meetups, and amazing new friendships. We began with a simple goal, to help you keep up with what's happening on Noster. If there's one thing you quickly learn about Noster, it's that things move fast. You can blink your eye and miss a major announcement or development in your feed, and we're here to make sure that you catch it. 
Our team believes that Noster, Bitcoin, and Freedom Tech in general are crucial tools for humanity in the world today. Our passion is to learn about them, use them, and help inform you about them. And we believe that passion shows through the countless hours of each of our team members pouring into the Noster Report every single day, bringing you daily news, articles, and newsletters, interviews, cartoons, and memes, and the lightning round each week on PlebChain Radio. A week ago, we posted a survey asking for your feedback, and we appreciate the nearly 40 responses we received. We are grateful and humbled by the overall positivity towards our effort, and we are incredibly thankful for the sincere criticisms that and suggestions for improvement. We also appreciate the ongoing feedback we receive each week from our readers. Your honesty and candor will help us ensure that the Nostra Report can serve you even better moving forward into the future. One of the most obvious and immediate changes that you'll notice, and this is the important part, guys, we are moving away from publishing a single comprehensive daily report. As the ecosystem and variety of Nostra client apps continues to broaden, it is difficult to ensure a consistent user experience when reading our daily reports. Also, As we look to broaden our topics of interest, a single daily report continues getting longer, much like this announcement, ha ha ha, which we recognize makes reading it a challenge in some clients. Instead of a single daily report, look to our Nostra feed and our Telegram channel. And then they give a, 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 basically they give a link for that. The Nostra feed, you can find that at Nostra.report. For any of you guys that used to look at the old Drudge Report, it is done almost exactly the same way, white background, just a bunch of links. It's easy to read, and I, I use it all the time. That's Noster.report. That's just that's an actual website that they put all this information on. For ongoing news and updates throughout the week and a weekly recap of important news, the Noster Tech Weekly Newsletter will continue bringing you the latest tech updates and conversations, the Mars Files interviews, Rita cartoons, and our lightning round on PlebChain Radio will also continue, and memes. You gotta have the memes. The Noster Report is just getting started. As we look ahead to our next year, we are excited to continue creating great ways to keep you updated and aware of the amazing things and people on Noster, as well as exploring how we can do our part to spread the good word about Noster and bring in new users. Stay tuned for more to come. And as we close in on our one-year anniversary, be on the lookout for some year-end updates and highlights. As always, stay classy, Noster. So they're, the, what they're saying is that their daily report, their big long one, they're not going to do that anymore according to this. So be prepared. to Like if you're using the Noster report, be prepared to see some changes. I personally love using the Nostra report. That's going to do it for the daily roundup. Dad says jokes. Why was the broom late for the meeting? It overswept. <laughs> All right, let's... Let's go back just a little bit to this uh, Bitcoin Magazine article by Tim Niermeyer. This was the one that was about energy. And I've got a couple of things to say, not about this particular article, but these articles, they they kind of prompt me to think in certain ways. And Tim is thinking in, in, 
very closely to the way that I've been thinking for decades. Everything around you is pure energy. That includes you. That includes your thoughts, your ideas. It's energy. Remember how I was talking about the the spot Bitcoin ETFs have introduced a new pattern in my trading view charts and I kind of likened it to a sine wave? Well, just so happens, all energy travels in a wave. It doesn't matter what it is. Even the even you as a piece of mass and you're going, well, David, that's insane. I'm not energy. Yes, you are. You're pure energy walking around, interacting with things because of one, the reason you don't fall through the floor because you're pure energy. You're saying, well, if I was pure energy, I would just be able to move through trees. Uh-uh. You are structured energy. And you have to abide by one of the four fundamental forces of nature that were born out of the Big Bang, and that's the electromagnetic force. It's the strongest of the four forces. That's the weak force, the strong force, gravity, and the electromagnetic force. Those are the four basic forces of the universe. They were all instantiated just, I mean, I don't even, I would say nanoseconds after the Big Bang, but even even uh, quicker than that. And I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't know what, what comes at femtoseconds. I, you get what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. The reason you can't walk through walls is because all of the atoms in your body are basically structured and they're colliding up against a different structure of, dif- of a completely different pattern of atoms. The electromagnetic force between those two uh, principal actors in this system repels each other. That's why electromagnetic force is stronger. And if you doubt that, if you doubt that the electromagnetic force is stronger than gravity, then do this. Grab a pumpkin and walk up to the top of your house. Throw the pumpkin off the top of your house onto concrete. Time how long it takes after it releases your hand to when it contacts the concrete. That is a long time compared to splat. The splat is the interaction of the electromagnetic forces. Gravity takes a long time to build up that speed. Electromagnetic forces are way, way stronger than anything else in the universe. But all light, all heat, all radio frequencies, it all travels basically in a sinusoidal pattern at different frequencies. And that's what differentiates a microwave from infrared, right? In fact, most of this stuff is basically photons, but getting back to you as pure energy, every atom in your body has almost no mass, almost no mass in comparison to the amount of electricity that it has in its electron cloud and its proton and neutrons in the nucleus. And it, these, these are energy things. And when you put them together, it doesn't make them any less of energy. Like there's like a fat, like a hydrocarbon in your, like in all of your cells, there's a lipid, phospholipid bilayer. There's a whole bunch of carbon and a whole bunch of hydrogen and a phospho head or phosphorus head. And it's in a big chain. 
And no matter how many carbons or how many hydrogens that you put on that phospholipid chain will not make it any less of what it materially is. And that's pure energy. Houses are pure energy. When you walk around today, look out at the world and everything that you saw, thought was solid isn't. There's a whole shitload of actual space inside your body. The, the, the amount of space between atoms in a molecule is immense compared to the size of the actual atoms that make up the molecule itself. It's amazing when you think about it, but that's, that's the reality. The reality is your pure energy and you walk around on a planet that is made out of pure energy and you drink water, which is in itself pure energy. You're radiated by the heat of the sun, which is pure energy. You use electricity off the grid to turn on a TV, which in and of itself is pure energy. Everything in the universe flows the same way. Now, here's what's really blow your mind. If you put a sine wave, which is how energy is also, you know, travels as a sine wave. It also kind of travels as a cosine, depending on what phase you're looking at. But if you basically or add sine and cosine together, what do you get? You get a perfect circle. That's what the function of sine plus cosine will give you is a perfect circle. What is that? That's an orbit of a planet. So now the very same things that govern electricity and the way electricity acts governs the motion of the planets that you cannot escape energy. Everywhere you look today is pure energy. Every thing, if you get cold, it's energy leaving your body. If you get hot, it's energy coming into your body. It's, that's the way this works. So is energy and Bitcoin related? Well, yes, we're all energy. And every invention that we come up with is pure energy, whether it's a car, a train, a plane, an automobile, a Bitcoin miner, the concept of Bitcoin itself, as we think about it in our brains, that thought is pure energy. There's no escaping energy. And that's one of the reasons why I actually believe that when you die, you it's not just lights out. Because you and all of your thoughts and all of your memories is energy. And that's actual physical fact. That's not me being trying to be a, some kind of, you know, Indian shawarma living up in like a cave with a God, you know, with a turban around my head talking about philosophy all day. That has nothing to do with it. This shit comes out of my physics books. This comes out of my cell and molecular biology education. I am not lying to you. And this is not hyperbole. Everything you see, hear, touch, taste, feel, whatever today and all the rest of your days until you die is pure energy. Of course, Bitcoin is related to energy in all the best ways. And so are you. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin and, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.